Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode 16 with Jake Schuster and Rowan Remington. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Welcome everybody. Today I have with me Rowan Remington and Jake Schuster and they both they both host this uh cool podcast which is called Well Traveled Wellness Podcast and uh they've been Kind enough to join me on today's show. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks. for having us, Tao. Happy to be here. Well, um, you know, since I just did, uh, I just mentioned your names. What about you guys? Just going to more about who you are and uh, kind of what you do. Uh, I'll start with you, Jake. All right. Um, well, my name's Jake. I, I'm originally from Boston, but I haven't lived there since about 2011. I've been living around Europe in Holland, Germany, England, and now I'm actually in Chiang Mai, Thailand. Um, I've been working in sports sciences since I was a teenager, and I love finding out how the human body works and training athletes and working with athletes. And when I was getting my master's this summer, I uh, found a classmate who didn't want to start his PhD yet either, and we decided to uh, take off and start a coaching business together. So that's me. And it's been love ever since, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, by means of introduction, my name's Rowan, and I'm from the Isle of Man, which is a very small island, about 35 miles long. It's in between uh, Liverpool and England and Ireland, so not many people know about it. From there, I went lived in Newcastle in England for my undergraduate, and then I've been in and around the United Kingdom. I've been to Loughborough, um, I've spent some time in New Zealand, and then, yeah, Jake's dragged me out to Chiang Mai in Thailand with him. And um, as he said, I, he did his master's in nutrition. Mine was in exercise physiology. And yeah, we really shared the passion for elite athlete performance. So that's how we really met. Huh. So you, it's, um, you guys really got that passion from, uh, I guess, sports and health and fitness. That really drew you guys together. Yeah, yeah, we've been studying it and been working in the industry for about six years each now. And um, we, we realized that working in the field is, is very satisfying but not very lucrative. So kind of realized that we wanted to, you know, take our own project and take our own mission 
and help as many people as we can. Okay. All right. Now, with you, Jake, you mentioned that you sort of you know you're from Boston, but you've traveled all over. Uh, what was the initial purpose of your travels? Why did you feel like you you know that you needed to move around? I guess it was just stereotypical wanderlust. I mean, uh, I, my kind of side hobby is being a history nerd, and I've always been reading about history of the world, and I've always wanted to go see the world. So um, I went abroad a couple times when I was a teenager, and then. When I had a chance to go abroad during my undergraduate, I kind of took off, and um, as many predicted, I never came back. <laughs> it, you, it sounds like you never did, actually. Oh, okay, okay, before I go to Rowan, you, I, I, I got to ask, since you're from Boston, do you follow the Boston sports, or have you left that since you left the uh, Boston area? Teo. Oh, Teo. <laughs> Well, you can a worms here, Teo. I, I'm just saying. I mean, you, 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 yeah. Uh, I, I am. I am that obnoxious Boston sports fan. To answer your question, yes. <laughs> so, wait, so that's basically Celtics, uh, Red Sox. Yeah, uh, Bruins. Bruins. Okay. All right. Cool. We, yeah, I, we I just, actually interviewed on the podcast a a guy in Montreal a couple weeks ago. It caused some serious problems with the hockey. Oh wow! Because you guys were arguing. All right, cool, cool. You know, I'll I'll stare. I'll stare at Claire. What about you, Rowan? <laughs> Rowan, I, I know. Um, I'm most of my my family's uh, is in England. Um, and we, oh, cool. you know, I follow the Premiership a lot. And this might actually cause another problem here. But uh, I'm a yeah. huge Manchester United fan. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. well, Teo, it's been great talking to you. <laughs> it's been real. <laughs> no, no. See, I'm. I see. I'm a huge Manchester United fan. I'm a huge LeBron fan. So it looks like I'm. I'm. You know. I'm. I'm. You know. With against you guys there, but I'm curious about your your sport journey and what team you support. Uh, yeah, I'm a big Everton fan actually. So I've been an Everton fan ever mm. since I can remember. Since I started following football, who is my best friend back in primary school. Uh, his granddad was the physiotherapist for Everton. He was like, "Oh, come and support Everton." So being from the Isle of Man, I had no native home team. Yeah, um, we, we do have a national team, but we play. Uh, we're not a professional, a professionalized team. So yeah, I started following Everton. I've followed them ever since. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Well, you know, uh, just so that we don't, you know, have any virtual warfare, um, I'm gonna move on to the next question here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now, yeah, um, your career, basically, the type of jobs that you guys have. How have you found that tra- your traveling has helped you out with that? And what is what exactly is um, you know the career you guys have? So I guess the career we have right now is a good mix between entrepreneurial business and the field we both really love, which is applied nutrition and physiology for athletic performance. Um, so the business part of that is really new to us and I guess that's the part which traveling has helped with the most because when, especially when you come to a community like Chiang Mai in Thailand, there are lots of other traveling entrepreneurs here who have given us a lot of great advice. Um, when it comes to actually applying our services, that's the bit where we have a lot of experience, have collected a lot of experience from. I don't think we've added to that experience from the populations we've been working with since we were here, mm-hmm. but it's more trying to take the knowledge and the skills we've developed with high-level athletes and in a really high-level sporting environment and applying those to people who previously wouldn't be able to access that. Mm-hmm. I think also in terms of uh, traveling and working with athletes from different places, we've noticed that 
we take a great interest in uh, different countries and the way that they treat sport and the way that they um, have culture around sport. We've talked to a few people in New Zealand and Australia um, recently, and the way that they look at sport and physical education and culture is totally different than what you'd see in, in the UK or the US. Um, and we've also noticed that in our own travels, I've, I've been fortunate enough to work a lot in Holland, and the athletes there are so different. And um, your average citizen and their attitude towards fitness and health is a lot different than what you'd see if you walked into a gym in America or even a supermarket. Right, right. Yeah, no, um, I, I always say education and sports are the greatest equalizers. Uh, just for me, it's been my background. Um, you know, sports is one of the ways that I was able to break through cultural barriers. But um, with your with your line of work, I imagine, you know, even though sports bring a lot, bring lots of people together, we like the Olympics and a World Cup. What have you? What has surprised you the most when you've interacted with uh, people from different cultures and in, in how they perceived sports? That's a difficult one. It's a really good question, actually. I think the difference in the cultures is really the attitudes towards sport, and they have certain sports ingrained in their culture. Right. So in England, right. obviously, we have football. That's our main predominant sport, and then we have rugby. In other countries, their national identity is often very different. So. Obviously, for America, your national identity is really about the American football and the baseball and basketball, maybe, the three biggest ones there. Yeah. So I think when you take athletes and you brought a load of athletes from different cultures and put them together in like a, a melting pot, as it's called, in sport history, uh. that's a really interesting part because you get countries evolve and people of those countries evolve anthropometrically to match the sports, essentially. So obviously, America's a huge place. And you've just got all the awesome tall basketball players, and then the ones who aren't quite as good for America come to and dominate in England. And yeah, that's, and that's sort of similar to how it is in soccer. And I'll never say that word again. Um, <laughs> hey, it's okay. It, I, I had to learn how to say it too. Uh, <laughs> I know I say American football, and it makes me a little bit sick. Yeah, no, I mean, like, hey, I, I'm Nigerian. We we grew up saying um, football. Then I went to an American school, and went to soccer, and then. I'm in New York City now. If I say football, it's NFL, so I have to figure out what I'm saying. So, uh, yeah, just to, just to carry on that. I mean, I I think it's really interesting that you can learn the most about cultures by learning the language. I think a close se- a close second to that is if you watch cultures play sport or if you play sport with people from different cultures. I think it was uh, Arsene Wenger, coach of coach of Arsenal, who said that um, you can work better with players from Latin countries better when you realize that Latin culture is based upon pride, which yes. is different than perhaps Northern European culture or American culture. And um, everyone operates a little bit differently. We were lucky enough this year to work in and out of the, the power-based gym at Loughborough University, which was which was built, I believe, for the London tw- 2012 Olympics, right, by, um, by the English Institute of Sport and by Great Britain Sport. Um, it was built at that time in preparation for the Olympics, and it's still occupied by athletes from all different countries, people come through for training camps and all sorts of stuff. So we would walk in there this year and see the Russian weightlifting team just hanging out for the week, and it's it's pretty crazy to see how people treat each other differently and treat sport differently, and it, that that's pretty fascinating to us. No, I, 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 I agree. I, I think it's I think it's amazing what actually uh, resonates with many people, and I think if people make the effort, you know, at least in my experience, when people make the effort to actually find that one thing in the country that can connect to them, like you said, Latin America or Latin, people of Latin origin, it's, you know, 
connecting that pride and, and passion to them. And then maybe someone in Holland, which you had experience, it might be something else or it might be something different in Germany. But it's it's a matter of tapping into that and sort of using that to connect to them. Uh, yeah, and, they're really, really tall, but none of them play basketball. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know the other thing about the German team? Not all of them are Germans, actually. Well, oh, yeah. That's yeah, a, that's a thing as well. Yeah, they take a lot of. <laughs> they have a lot of Austrians, right? Yeah. No, they're, they're, Polish they're players. Yeah, yeah. No, but okay. All right. So, but now, now if I was to transition here into your personal life, I know, um, Jake, you said you've moved around a lot. But how 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 do you do that with the family? You know, how is family? What happens during Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving's coming up soon, um, and you know, you as well, Rowan. What do you do? I know Thanksgiving is not a British holiday, but um, what do you do when holidays come around, like Christmas and different things like that? How do you keep in touch? How do you figure out what's home for you? Well, um, to be honest, when when I was, I think I was about 19, my parents moved across to New Zealand because I have a lot of family in New Zealand, actually. So it was quite strange, really, because before they moved across, they were still on the Isle of Man, but I was living in England. So it wasn't particularly far. And based on that, I knew I could always just pop back over to the house and it wouldn't be too much of an issue. Okay. However, when, when they moved to New Zealand, there was this sense of we have to keep in more touch with each other and it has to be better because of the distance there. Even though we were still connected in the same way via the internet or on the telephone. Mm. And then, mm. so really we built this base of connection but on that which was like we would Skype or talk on the phone at least once a week So, and that's pretty much just carried on ever since because they've been in New Zealand until this summer when they moved back to the United Kingdom which sort of inconveniently timed into <laughs> when I moved to Chiang Mai in Thailand and that, that wasn't convenient <laughs> for anyone really however yeah that structure of um communication has always been there so all right so yeah it sounds like there's an understanding that's always there and then you know the, the digital media obviously makes it a lot easier to uh connect but you know. yeah absolutely it does. Right. yeah it doesn't and i found i found a little little hack to this one is, is when you're getting flat from your family for living far away um you just go and spend like a month with them once a year or so and then after about a week they say oh you can you can go back to wherever you've been living <laughs> oh, really nicely Rowan and I have, have actually found a found a contract for the spring at a, a great performance center for, for Major League Baseball players this spring called uh, Cressy Performance, which is just right around the corner from my mother. And so I haven't spent more than 18 consecutive days in the States since early 2011, but I'll go and spend three months there now. And I've gone and spent, you know, three weeks or so at a time, uh, I guess three times now. And, and it's great because then they don't, bo- they don't bother you to come home, you know, once a month or once every two months. You mm. just get it out of your system once a year and it's it's obviously always great to reconnect yeah. you can have strategies as well so when you go back eat as much as possible <laughs> clean clean that fridge out yeah drink all of the all of the alcohol and then they'll be like i have to go sh-. every time jake is home or rowan's home i just have to go shopping all the time it works <laughs> they, they, they get, oh, no i love it there's nothing nothing like uh mom's cooking I, i'm going um this is actually the first year that my uh, we're all going to be one continent for anything because uh, my parents are here. Uh, wow. f- so we're I'm heading over to D.C. to hang out with them. And uh, I'm definitely planning to clean out the fridge. Uh, that is something that's going to happen for sure. So, <laughs> yes. 
Um, all right. Uh, now, with Digital Nomads, your type of line of work, what is one resource that you can't live without? What, what resources helped you out? I know you're working, you have a co-working space there, but what, did, what do you have to have and what has helped you stay disciplined and effective in your line of work? Oh, disciplined is a tough one. <laughs> a of, there are definitely several resources. Yeah, for me, it's, it's coffee and a pair of headphones. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, here in Thailand, it's, the, the work scene is either very much a co-working space or they have a, a big cafe scene with, I would say, awesome Wi-Fi, but it's not awesome. Um, but yeah, so there's lots of coffee everywhere, and it does not cost a lot. So I'd say caffeine is huge. Okay. Um, in terms of actual actual working, mm. and I, I mean, a difficult one. We we have apps. We use uh, Slack for team communication. Uh, it's an app. It's basically a chat app and a, a task app. We use that and Google Docs and things like that. But I'll tell you what, I think. SoundCloud and a good pair of headphones is just as effective as any communications tool when it comes to getting stuff done. Yeah, yeah. No. I yeah, I, um, I think you're right. I use Google with my team. I use Google Drive and um, you know iMessage. It just so happens we all have iPhones, but it's, if it's a group chat sort of thing and we connect each other on Google Docs, I think we're pretty much set because no one actually lives in the same place on my team. So it's we have to figure it out. Um, so it's yeah. it's definitely something that uh, fosters collaboration that works. Then okay, um, so a lot of I'm I want to go to the, my mission statement here, but before that, I want to sort of dive into what your goal is and where you see your company headed. Ooh, that's a nice. One. I like that one. Yeah, that's <laughs> a nice one. We actually got asked for our elevator pitch in a bar the other day by. Uh, a couple of nice young females, but we won't give you the same elevator pitch we gave them. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, yeah, you might want <laughs> different missions here. Yeah, um, so our company at the moment is it is rooted on mine and Jake's experience in the applied field and the academic background we both have, obviously to the master's level. Um, but what we really want to do is we're looking at creating a community of people who have the same passion for exercise and performance, nutrition, physiology as we do, whether they are athletes, whether they are recreational performers, whether they're researchers in the field. As long as they have that same passion, then we want to bring all those people together and we should hopefully have something top secret soon to do that. 
Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Yeah, we're looking out there, Teo, at the raft of misinformation. And, and we honestly, we don't just get personally frustrated, but we feel sympathy every time we talk to someone who has just a lot of confusion or a real lack of results with their health um, and about what they should be doing for their health. And, and that frustrates us that the science that's out there um, and and the application of it are not really connecting, and we want to bridge that connection for people. Um, and it's it's hard because there's a lot, a lot, there's a lot of um, shit, for lack of a better term, to, to fight through. Um, mm. So I can't really think of a better word for that. That's but, okay. <laughs> uh, but we're we're happy to pick up the baton and uh, and bring everybody with us. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And um, I, I'm guessing you're gonna say the same thing, right, uh, Jake? Yeah, that's. <laughs> I corroborate that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Um, okay, so some fun questions here. You guys have traveled quite extensively. I'm very curious as to what your favorite, uh, what, what country you've been to that has the best food, you know, minus mom's cooking, obviously. But, uh, you know, which which country has the best food? Oh, it's not England. We can start there. Oh, well, I wouldn't rule that out. <laughs> In terms of ethnic cuisine, England sucks. <laughs> like, like honestly, into like English English cuisine is the rest of the world's cuisine cooked a little bit differently for Englishmen, and that's how it is. I, oh, I love I love it here in Thailand. I love the street food. Okay. I think it's absolutely great. You can go down the road and you pay forty baht, which is about eighty p or what's that in dollars? Like yeah, it's, one, it's just less than just less than, Yeah, it's just under a US dollar. Yeah, just under a US dollar, and you just get. A really healthy mix of vegetables, fresh, sometimes fresh chicken, and, and and some yeah, you can get whatever noodles you want with it or rice, and yeah, it's healthy. It's cooked right in front of you, and it takes about two seconds. So if you're working and you're on the move, it's a really healthy source of food. Whereas I think you find in much more well ethnically different countries such as England, if you want to get something on the road, it's going to cost you about five pounds. It's going to be filled with sodium and saturated fat. And it's not. It's not great. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think what's uh, what's convenient and what um, what you're able to get on the run in different countries is a lot different than what's the best meal in in, in said country. I'm gonna go with Belgium, which is a bit of a curveball. Maybe I find cool. that Northern European countries, because they have no sunshine, really take their food and drink seriously. And I mean, not what I would recommend you have every day, but things like the cheese and the bread and the beer in places like Belgium and Holland are just superlative. So if you, want, if you want good cheese, go to the Isle of Man. No, okay. We'll, 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 we'll leave it there, babe. <laughs> okay. All right, so Belgium <laughs> and Thailand. Uh, sounds like, uh, it sounds like that was the medium there. All right. Um, what about music? Yeah. Ooh. I think we're both going to... Are we going to stay in the same place? Go ahead. It's good after me, isn't it? I think we're probably going to have to go for Berlin in Germany. Yeah. Germany, really? Yeah, I've seen that. I think um, if you want live music of any genre of rock, of geez, of hip hop, ska, jazz, whatever you want, um, you'll find it in any of the mega cities like London or New York or Berlin. Um, but on top of that, in Berlin, you have the the it's the mecca of electronic music for the world. So if you're into that too, you can find anything you want there. I've I've gone to um, like weirdo poetry readings and jazz music and the best techno in the world in the same night there okay all right all right um 
Okay, so <laughs> I Germany it is then. I, I definitely need to go to. I almost thought you were going to say Ibiza, but uh, but uh, oh no! no. If, if you're if you're 17 and want to go to your first party, definitely go to Ibiza. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I'll you know I'll check it out. Maybe I'll hang out with David Guetta over there, and uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll... that's that's the idea. <laughs> um, all right, tell me uh, a country that surprised you when you went there. So maybe before you went there, you thought of you should, like I don't know what to expect. This is a little weird, and then you got there and you were pleasantly surprised. Ooh, wow, it's a very good one. I don't know, maybe. Maybe Iceland for me. I went to Iceland quite. It was a few years ago, and I had absolutely no idea what to expect. And then when I got there, it actually turned out to be con- like contradicting its name, and it was a heat wave. So that was a complete surprise. <laughs> exactly, it was, absolutely, it was absolutely boiling. Yeah. Um, then in terms of the place, the place was actually amazing. It's so volcanic, and and there's loads of like really natural attractions there, and then. Yeah, so I thought that place was was awesome. Awesome, Iceland. Yeah, for me, for me, um, in my unfortunately one and only trip to Eastern Europe thus far, I found Poland to have some of the best food of anywhere I've ever been to, and the friendliest and happiest and most welcoming people I've ever met. And it was full of nature. And I went to Warsaw, Poland. And it was a beautiful, beautiful city. And I, I mean, you you hear about how Eastern Europe has been affected by. Um, well, I guess the Soviet era, you would say, right, right. Uh, and you hear it's sad, and everyone's poor, and everything's dirty, and I found it to be, com- you know, completely the opposite, and it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, it's cool. No, it's cool. I, I mean, I always, you know, it's such <laughs> what you were, both of you were saying, I haven't been to Poland there, but, um, but with Iceland, I, w- I never understood why Iceland was named Iceland, and why Greenland was named Greenland, when it's complete. I, it's opposite. so confusing. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, were you trying to mess with us, but, um. You know, so but, to, maybe we'll sort that out. Yeah, we'll, we'll get this it. podcast out there. We'll work on it. We'll put it to hours it be, and they will change. It. Wikipedia editors, yeah. maybe. <laughs> All right. So this is this is a lot of the the premise of the podcast. I always try to talk about how people can uh, talk about how people can embrace the global identity. But I want to know how both of you are using your difference to make a difference. That's my mission statement. Uh, There's something I live by every day. But um, I think uh, I'll start with you, Rowan. How do you use your difference? to make a difference well our, our whole company company to be honest is there to make a difference I'd say the, the first way we're really making a big difference is through our podcast and we're putting out a lot of information we're putting out a lot of information on our blog as well about how people can can be can be better they can perform better but we also put a lot of information out about health we always ask our guests what the three things they would do if they can maintain like an awesome, healthy lifestyle, and these aren't just from random people; these are the leading researchers in the field. So, mm-hmm. to put that information out there for people for free, I think makes a difference to their lives. But and yeah. then I guess on the other side, it's for people who myself and Jake gets we get to work with. We get to work with them on a personal level. Being a coach is much more. It's it is about science. Everything is scientifically rooted, but it's about dealing with people as well and being there for people and developing relationships and when you can develop them then you can really help someone achieve their goals yeah I think one thing that sets us apart is that we found a nice combination that we both have is that we equally love changing lives and science so we're kind of hopeless nerds at heart 
and um, we've luckily found out that we're pretty good coaches. And I think most people out there, and I guess you could say the blogosphere, most people out there who are selling something to someone, they've just found that they're good at uh, at changing lives and good at making money. Um, and we don't really care about that. We know that that'll be a byproduct. What we want to do is change as many lives as possible. We don't really give a crap about who's disagreeing with us or whose product we're slating. We just want to help people. So I guess we're lucky in that aspect that we're young and, and that's our only mission. I think the last bit is that a lot of people take themselves really seriously. And if people can't tell already, we try and make a real large point about not taking life too seriously. And I think when you do that, you can rub that off on some people as well. If you they listen to our podcast and see, oh yeah, some, there's some really heavy signs there, and someone shouts games at the end of the podcast. Because you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you, you have to, yeah. Because if you're not lifting chests all the time, then right. it's just wrong. Right. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you think if you have a great, try and have a happy, fun outlook on life, then that that translates to people, and if they can take that from you, then I think that's something everyone could do. No, I love it, love it. Um, you, you mentioned the podcast there, so it's it's well traveled wellness, right? Well traveled wellness. It is the well traveled wellness podcast. That's the one, and you can always sign up for it by going to welltraveledwellness.com slash Do you even science? That's one word because right. we science. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> there you go. Then uh, I'm glad you guys said that because I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, we're wrapping up here soon, but I want both of you. To do two things. The first thing is to give your younger self uh, a piece of uh, you know, advice and um, offer off two tips to eat healthy and maintain a fit lifestyle in a travel uh, for travelers. Because it's very hard. I, I, I hear it all the time. I, I happen to be it's tough. Know, I happen to be health conscious, so I, I you know I pre prepare my meals and all that stuff and I, I work out, but. Always having to be on the go, yeah, it can yeah. be very, very difficult to to eat healthy. So I want you to offer some tips and then give advice to your younger subs. All right, so we'll go for the tips first again, and then and then we'll uh, we'll each go for the advice, which is going to be quite fun. And <laughs> um, so the, t- the tips for me um, in relation to nutrition, I think yes, travel when traveling it's really hard. People say you can't. Um, like out train a bad diet but we got some great advice and I really agree with this is that you can't out eat a terrible training program you're on the run fair enough the food you're taking in might not be as of a quality you'd like it to be sometimes you might need to grab something on the run but if you're not maintaining a really good exercise program then that will have a lot bigger the negative effect on you if it's uh, something which is chronic and you keep up all the time. So I'd say number one for your, for your nutrition, for your health is just to wherever you are, try and maintain that exercise program. If you like lifting weights, lift weights. If you love running, run. Find something you like doing and stick at it. Um, and then the other thing I would say is nutrition is a very double-edged sword and as m- much as... There's no foods which are terrible for you. Well, I mean, there are a few, but they're predominantly there. When you have food, I'd say just make sure you, A, enjoy it, and B, try and eat healthily most of the time. Don't worry too much if you have one bad meal. When you obsess about nutrition to an extent, it can take over your life. And when you have been big in this industry, like 
I, I prepared meals for years. I know how it can consume you. So I'd say, yeah, variety, eat, eat healthily, but don't beat yourself up if you want to have a pizza, if you're maintaining that exercise, because that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like those two tips, and I'm glad you didn't steal one of mine. I'd say tip number one is I don't care how unsexy it is to advertise this, you have to sleep. Like, there's nothing cool about saying you have to sleep, but you have to sleep. You can have eaten not great the day before, you can have skipped your workout the day before, but if you get an awesome night, you're going to wake up and have a good day. It's as simple as that. Um, and it just has so many large impacts on, on every aspect of health. So just sleep. There's no excuses. You can't sleep when you're older to make up for time. You have to sleep now. Um, and tip number two would be um, forming good habits is worth it. So forming a good habit of what you eat when you're in the airport or what you grab on the way to work or what you cook at night is worth it. Um, it's hard to form good habits. It's hard to find discipline and figure out what works for you and what doesn't. That's a process, but it's worth it because when things become automatic, things get easier. Simple as that. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. And, um, I, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you guys said that. Sleep is something that I need to work on. So I will. Yeah, that is something that I actually do need to work on. But um, I definitely will get to that because you never make those hours up. Um, all right. Now, this is the last question. So the advice, the fun advice that you're going to give yourselves. Such a good question. Well, that, is, that is an absolutely great question. So if it's fun advice, <laughs> or, just trying, just trying to debate how far I'd take this advice because there's plenty <laughs> of things I could say, but if this is being aired on <laughs> iTunes, um, oh, fun advice. Besides, don't chase girls too much. Oh, <laughs> well, that, well yeah. I would never warn anyone against that because no. that's just great fun. No, it's good for your health. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, can you think of... Oh, okay. I'm struggling. You need me to go first. I need a minute. Right, sorry. Still, okay, well, I'm going to get super cheesy. I will give. I would have given my younger self the exact same advice that my best friend gave me the night before I left home and moved to Holland in 2011, before I left and never came back. And he gave me perfect advice, but it took me about a year and a half to start really listening. And his advice was, doesn't matter what people say, what people want to do, or what um, cultural norms people come to you with, because it's always going to be different than what you're used to, different from what you were raised with, different from whatever is in your head. So just go with it. I think the example my friend used was, um, you know, the first day, if if the group that you've ended up with says, "Oh, let's go to the park and climb trees all day," and you think, "Well, that that doesn't sound that fun," it doesn't matter. Just go try it out because it's different and it'll be awesome. And, when I've gone and tried different things with uh, groups from different cultures, I've always learned something. I've often found new things that I enjoy doing. So I guess no matter where you are or who you're with, just be open to different stuff. And people don't come dressed or um, speaking the same way that you expect them to, but that doesn't mean that they're not going to be a very impactful person in your life. So I guess just be really, really, really open-minded. I like that. Awesome. Okay. I was strong. Right, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> gathered my thoughts. So, <laughs> what I would say is, coming from such a small place as I did from the Isle of Man, when I moved across to England, 
it was quite a big change and being from a small place you don't really understand how big the world is and how many opportunities there are out in the world and you can really enter your comfort zone very easily and I think I have probably spent too long in the past in my comfort zone and so I'm trying to make a point of not being in that comfort zone anymore and I have not been in that comfort zone probably for quite a little while now and I think that really brings out the best in me so if I was to say to my younger self I'd, I'd have said earlier get yourself out there and keep putting yourself in situations which take you outside of that zone because that's how you really develop as a person I mean, I would have also told him that even though you're 18, seven years later, you still can't grow facial hair. So don't worry. <laughs> Eventually, it's going to happen for me. <laughs> Sorry, no, I just couldn't, I couldn't hold it back. You, you can't grow facial hair? Complex about how awesome my beard is. So I will we, get one of that eventually. <laughs> uh, well, you know what, Rowan, just keep hanging in there. Maybe you're still, you're still young. Don't worry, Tay. I'm shaving like a champion. It's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this has been great. Uh, thank you both for uh, you know taking the time out here to talk. Yeah, thank you great. so much, Tay. This has been great, and keep yeah. doing what you're doing because we love the way that you're spreading cultures around and inspiring people. So keep it up, man. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.